Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Now, Sean, he claims that after scoring a touchdown in the playoff game against Washington in 2005, that he actually threw the ball, not into the pirate ship, but into the hole in one of the cannons. I, I don't believe it. You've been on that field. You see how far it is. You see what kind of target that is. Is it possible for someone to throw the football into the hole in one of the cannons? Well, I mean, what he forgot to tell you was he was trying to hit the scoreboard. <laughs> so i do believe the ball could have went in the cannon but i don't think he was aiming for the cannon i think he was, going, he was aiming at the scoreboard that's everybody sean king from pft first quarterback to win a playoff game for the buccaneers and he's just a couple of months older than tom brady and now tom brady trying to win the second super bowl in buccaneers history we were talking during the break about this whole canon thing because folks it really has become an obsession we're looking for fan video it you know cell phone video it'd have to be one of the old video cameras that people used to carry around i think 2005 i don't know what kind of contraption you would have to record the evidence of it but chris has now modified it i was led to believe that it went into the hole in the canon now you're saying it went into the area around the cannon where the cannon sticks out, which is a little bit of a larger target. It, it is. Listen, it, it, yes, and I've explained that before, too. I've explained it didn't go in the actual hole of the cannon that shoots out, but the porthole where the cannon sticks out of. And, you know, first off, Sean King, screw you. I wasn't aiming at the, for the scoreboard, <laughs> all right? But I will say I wasn't aiming – for anything other than the ship. I was just going, I'm going to, when I score a touchdown in the playoff game, I'm going to throw a football to the ship. Now, we've talked, Paul McGuire, one of the announcers with Joe Theismann there in that game, he's the one that says it on the telecast. I will say this, and again, I wasn't aiming for this, this hole. I did have people years after, or even like the year after, telling me, hey, I was up by the pirate ship when you threw the ball up there and it went into the freaking hole. So I've had some innocent bystanders come up to me and say that again, I got no evidence to back it up. You know, you could take the TV telecast a little bit and see that it goes somewhere right in that direction, but you can't tell if it goes in the hole. So there we yeah. go. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing that one of the witnesses is the guy whose mugshot's making the round with the state of Florida <laughs> tattooed right between his eyes. That's Could one be. of the witnesses Could for be. Chris throwing, <laughs> throwing the football into the cannon porthole. Well, I, it, it sounds slightly less implausible to me now, and maybe you've told me that before, but it never registered because I listen to you, I don't know, 86% of the time. Right. Maybe during the 14% when I don't, that's when you said it. But You're the texting. porthole around the cannon – Easier shot than putting it into the actual cannon hole itself. By the way, the cannons are relevant because the NFL will not allow the Buccaneers to fire the cannons, even though they are the home team in their home stadium. The NFL still wants to preserve the feel of a neutral right. site game. So the usual celebrations that we would see when the 
home team, which the Buccaneers are, score a touchdown in their home stadium, which is where they'll be, they're not allowed. It is kind of dumb when you think of it that way. I mean, what 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 competitive advantage does it really add? Hey, they fire the cannons, but 80% of the crowd is going to be supporting the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, our matey, it's a shame, yes. But I, 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 I mean, I expected this. I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't want that if I'm a Chiefs player or, or anything like that. I mean, it, to me, it is a little bit of like a home cooking, comforting type of thing. I mean, what are they going to do? Also play like the little Disney Buccaneers song after they score a touchdown in the Super Bowl too? And yo ho, yo ho, the Pirates life for me. I mean, it is the Super Bowl. They can't make it seem too one-sided or one team is, you know, a favorite of the stadium. And, and I would think, Mike, too, just to, to add to it, like, it's not going to be the normal – the NFL comes over and takes over the sound system and controls oh, yes. and all that, right? They take yeah, over okay. everything. Right. Okay. They take over sure. everything. Yeah. Absolutely. The NFL takes over the entire stadium weeks in advance of uh, a Super Bowl, and, uh, yeah, the, the local team has no control over anything from that point moving forward. Um, the Falcons have plenty of control over their roster. They got a new GM in Terry Fontenot, new head coach in Arthur Smith. One of the questions that was flagged by ownership, Arthur Blank, press conference regarding the firing of Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov. Blank said, hey, you know, the next coach and GM are going to decide whether or not Matt Ryan and Julio Jones stay. And as to Matt Ryan specifically, Arthur Blank, the owner of the team, said, you know, Ryan's going to have a voice in all of this, too. Well, apparently it's all been worked out fairly quickly. According to NFL media, both Ryan and Jones will be back. Now, the actual report is the Falcons plan to keep them, which if you're going to trade them, you can't come out and say we plan to trade them, although it didn't hurt the Lions ultimately. It's better to be coy. So just because they're saying they plan to keep them, plans can change at any time. We have no intent to trade Percy Harvin. Your intentions and your planning can change at any time, but at least for now, they're sending out the signals that they want to go forward with Ryan and Jones, even though Ryan's cap number for 2021, let me check it's this huge, real quick. right? $40.9 million. Right is his cap number for 2021. That cries out for some sort of an extension, some sort of a restructuring that would drive it down. And if you know if he says no thanks, that tells you where his mindset is. So th th this one is one to still keep an eye on, yeah. even though the Falcons are sending out the message that they plan to go forward with the guys they have. Yeah, well, and, and it's like a, it's almost a $50 million dead cap hit too, right, Mike? To where... If you cut him. If you, if you cut, cut him. him. Okay. That's, uh, if you right. trade him... Yeah. If you trade him, I got to do the math here real quickly. Um, it's I, and I've I've done the number before. It looks like it's you had eighteen point six. You add six more twenty four. It's still a healthy amount, right? To 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 move him, I think it's around thirty seven million to trade him. Um, but you you still end up with three million less, and you're able to move on to the new quarterback. But I think it makes the most sense to keep him. It makes the absolute most sense to restructure his contract yes, right. and kick that can down the road. But, you know, you, you just you have to assume he's going to say yes. We we think he will because typically a player does. But if he has any business reason to want to push back and maybe get out, that's when you think about saying no. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's an interesting situation. It, it really is because, yeah, Matt Ryan, he's at a point of his career where, yeah, he's starting to get up there a little bit. You know, I don't think he's a definitive top 10 quarterback in football anymore. Not like a definitive. I think the last five years, maybe prior to this, he was definitive top seven, top eight quarterback in the league for what he was doing. Now I would go, okay, he's dancing around 10, 11, nine, whatever on certain people's lists, that category there. The money he's making, of course, is huge. You know, there was a part of me that thought maybe Okay, Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones, new coaching staff. Maybe they rip the Band-Aid off and go, let's see what we get, can get for these guys out there on the open market and see if we can't add to our football team and kind of start over and start from scratch with a new head coach. I thought maybe there'd be a chance to do that. You know, obviously Arthur Blank thought maybe that would be a possibility too. But I understand them staying with it, I guess, Mike. I mean, you know, taking, taking money out of the conversation – you know, do, do you agree with them sticking with it? I mean, I feel like the Falcons, almost like we were talking about the Bears, 
are closer to the top than the bottom. They got a lot of things to like about their roster. There's definitely depth issues and things like that that they got to work on. But I, I guess what I'm saying is I can understand them staying with the status quo here. How about you? Well, look, either way, they got cap issues. So we either have cap issues with, with our two-star players or we have cap issues without our two-star players. And it gets back to the conversation we were having yesterday about the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. You know, the Vikings have a big decision to make about Cousins. His $35 million salary for 2022 becomes fully guaranteed on March 19. But if you move him, what the hell are you going to do at quarterback? For the Falcons, you know, they because they didn't do a complete and total free fall last year. Right. It's not like they're in easy position to go out and draft their next Matt Ryan. This is one of the reasons why tanking is actually a, a, a good thing for a team that is done to consider doing because they're caught in this gulf now. Pete, let us know where the Falcons pick They've got to be top one. five or six, though, right? Right in that no, area. No, but they, 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 won, they won too many games. They're not going to have one of the prime picks. They won too many games down the stretch. I'd say they're in the top ten. Oh, they're four. Well, still, the best quarterbacks are going to be gone. You're going to have to move up if you want to try to get one of the top quarterbacks most likely. It, it puts them in a tough spot. And, again, plan to keep, to me, is different from – actually definitely will plan, be on the game day roster. Plan to keep means we're planning on keeping him, but if you call with a great offer, we'll change our plans. And then we'll think about drafting a quarterback at number four or doing that. You know, there should be somebody there. I don't think it's going to be like Lawrence, you know, Justin Fields, the kid, Zach Wilson, uh, Zach Wilson, right, from BYU. I'm sorry, I don't have all these college yeah. guys' names in, ingrained in my brain yet. I don't think it's going to be one, two, three, just right, right off the bat of the draft. So I would think sitting there at four that they can certainly get a quarterback. Now, whether they like one of those other guys other than Trevor Lawrence, who I think is really right now the only slam dunk guy. You could just go, every team likes him. Everybody knows he's a stud. Everybody else is, I think, still doing their homework on the other guys. But it, it is a possibility. And that's where I thought maybe they could go this offseason and kind of just start a new era there in Atlanta. But it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Yeah, I've been doing more math on this dead cap number. It may actually be more than 40 million. I, I, not I think 49. It, yeah. It's not 49. Right. But it may be more than 40 when you put all this together. And this is what happens when you restructure. See, you restructure to reduce a guy's cap number. Those cap dollars don't just disappear into thin air. Those cap dollars get moved into future years. So there's always a reckoning. And the problem this year, because the cap is likely going to go down, yeah. that reckoning is going to be more painful, which makes it imperative to push as much of the reckoning as possible into future years. You have to have Ryan on board with that. Same thing with the Steelers. Pete, I'm going to go off the rundown here for a second because this dovetails with something I've been meaning to write at PFT yeah. based on an article from Ed Bouchette of The Athletic who's covered the Steelers for years. Right. Just because ownership has said we want to keep Ben for another year and just because Ben has said I'll do whatever I need to do, they still have to do it. You still have to put pen to paper on some type of a new deal that allows the Steelers to keep Ben Roethlisberger, to navigate the salary cap, and everyone has to be on board with this idea that it's just one more year. That's it. Right. I, and that's the vibe that was created last week. So until that paperwork is done by the middle of March, there's still a chance it falls apart and the two sides say we just can't work this out. The Steelers cut him. And, and he see, the difference for Ben, if he retires, he owes them $12.5 million. If they cut him, he owes them zero. And if he wants to play for somebody else next year, if the spirit so moves him, he can. So until that contract is finalized between the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger until they put numbers out there that both sides say we can live with this we agree to this this will work there's still a chance they're going to hit a roadblock and uh same thing with Matt Ryan if the Falcons try to come to him and say we can't have a 40 million dollar cap number this year our total cap's only 180 million can you work with this to reduce your cap number yeah no I I, I agree I, I don't think it's I think it'll be a lot harder with the Matt Ryan situation with you there like that I do because again still he's playing at a very high level and yeah just left the prime of his career Big Ben I don't I think it's pretty obvious I think you know I think even he has to know like man the way it looked last year it, this could be this probably will be my last year and the play wasn't good enough last year to where I think they'll be 
even a market like there was for Brady or Phillip Rivers. I think there'll be too many things concerning there. And he just seems like he has no interest in flirting with any of that. I think that's why he got out in front of this conversation very quick and said, I'll redo my contract. I think he wants to let everybody know, I still want to play. Hey, fans, I'm here. I want to play. I'll play for less and help the team out. I think he's trying to get in front of that story right now to kind of get that momentum behind him. And if I'm Big Ben... And if you're realistic, hey, two years removed from an elbow surgery last year, man, as the season went on, I wore down. It didn't look the same as I did the first seven weeks of the year. Like, you got a team that's that's ready. I mean, they're ready. I, I would be like, I'll play for five cents this year, Mr. Rooney. I got $120 million in the bank already. I want one more Super Bowl chance. Here's five cents. Pay me that this year. Sign some other players. Do your best to make our team as good as we can with this salary cap issue. Three quick points. Okay. Number one, nobody wants to be the bad guy in this divorce. Nobody wants to True. be the one who gets blamed by the fans for it falling apart. Right. Number two, they're not going to be Super Bowl ready in 2021. There's a bunch of guys that they're not going to be able to a lot of work. bring back because right. of the cap. Number three. This is my own opinion, and you tell me if you agree or disagree. Okay. Not that I need to give you an engraved invitation. If I'm going into a season as an, as an NFL quarterback pushing 40, saying this is going to be my last year, I just need to step aside. I don't think that's good for anybody to go into that because I think of Brett Favre in 2010. I don't think that was good for anybody. It's better. You know, everybody wants to walk away with that Super Bowl trophy under their arm. Not everybody's going to get to do it. It's better to do that than to have an embarrassing final season like Favre had with the Minnesota Vikings. I don't disagree with you right there. You're right. There is a psychological aspect there for a quarterback to where they can't be telling themselves it's the last year. Yeah, I hope Big Ben would – you're right. And if you're put himself in his shoes or whatever, hope he's telling himself, I think I got a few good years of football left in me while also being able to realize that it could be the last year or two. You're right. There's a different approach there as far as that mindset to what you're saying where you're going in and you're going, all right, I'll suck it up for one more one more year. I hope I can make it through. You're right. Then that when you're talking like that, then it probably is time to to hang up the cleats and only Big Ben can can answer that question. One more quick point and then we're going to take a break we have James Robinson coming up in a few minutes but you talked to George Kittle yesterday he has spoken out Raheem Mostert has spoken out the 49ers players want Jimmy Garoppolo yeah the team seems ambivalent at best at a minimum the team's attitude is we're going to explore all of our options strange disconnect between players and management and obviously management is going to win because management always wins well, yes, management is going to win. Shanahan and Lynch are aggressive. We've seen that from the second they've got there with the 49ers. They don't let anybody just have like, hey, here's the red carpet. You get to be nice, warm, and cozy and make our team. And just even if you mess up, it's all good. No. You know, so I think they're looking at those options that are out there, certainly. And, you know, you said it on PFT yesterday, too. You know, the injury history, his, you know, not a – able to be available right uh, that's a huge concern for a team that's really really awesome but the team loves Jimmy G you're right about that and they know too at a base level when he's in we win when he's not there we lose and that helps his standing in the locker room too yeah um we'll see how it goes but you're right 23 missed games in three seasons not the ideal way to prove to a franchise that you're capable of being the franchise quarterback franchise tailback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, James Robinson is going to join us right after this on PFT Live. We'll be right back. James, have you, uh, I don't know if you can even hear me over that stuff. Probably not. <laughs> You said again. That's James Robinson at a press conference this year, dodging snacks that were being was thrown at him by teammates. Or face, I thought they were like face masks or something that people I don't were know. throwing at him. <laughs> bags of something. James trying to that, – that's the ultimate obstacle course. You're trying to answer questions and people are throwing things at you. Well, hopefully, James, nobody be throwing anything at you today while you talk to us. Welcome to the program, and congratulations on a spectacular rookie season, the brightest spot by far for the Jaguars in 2020. 
Uh, welcome and how's everything? Thank you for having me. Uh, everything's going good. When did you know that you were going to be the guy? I remember after Leonard Fournette was let go by the Jaguars, everybody's trying to figure out who's the guy going to be, and it became obvious week one this rookie from Illinois State who wasn't drafted is going to be the guy, and you grabbed that job from week one and you didn't let go. Um, I found out uh, probably the week before the game. Uh, Jay kind of just came up to me while we were at a walkthrough and was like um, – did you think you would be running out on first down against the Indiana, the Colts? And then I was like, I didn't kind of like say anything. I just laughed it off. And then I just started rolling with the ones. And then I was just like, okay, maybe I'm starting. And, and how did you pull this off? Because one of the things we talked about through the entire season, because of the pandemic, no off-season training program, no opportunity for an undrafted guy to come in and make an impression, no preseason games where an undrafted guy can get on the field and show the coaches what he can do. What did you do with limited opportunities to get the attention of Jay Gruden, the offensive coordinator, and the coaching staff to, to give them the faith that you could do it? Uh, when I came in, I just my mindset was just make the most out of my opportunity every time I got one on offense and try to make a big play. And I felt like I was doing that uh, most of training camp. And then with the one-on-ones and everything, um, showing them I can block, catch, and everything like that. And I felt like everything that I did just kind of opened their eyes a little bit. And then it was kind of, okay, maybe this guy can play. And then started rolling with the ones. And I'm not sure what their conversations was, but sure they were good. You you obviously impressed them. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I just, as you as a rookie, like, could you tell that maybe there was, they had fallen out of love with Leonard Fournette? Like, how shocked were you when they actually cut him? Did you see it coming at all? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think anyone saw it coming. We were kind of just all just chilling in um, rooms, waiting for meetings and everything, and then we found out, but... Uh, yeah, just kind of it was kind of surprising because I mean he was practicing with us and as a rookie you don't really know how things like that go. You don't think uh, the guy's only really practicing and then just gets gets cut. A guy like that gets cut, but I mean I think we couldn't really tell what was going on. He was in practice. He was just looking for that. I mean just practicing well, doing everything he can. So this was surprising though. Mike, Mike, I, I'm going to ask one more just real quick. I'm, I'm always interested with, like, the small school guys. You didn't get drafted. I don't know how the hell that didn't happen. Illinois State, people are like, oh, can this guy play in the NFL? What's going to happen when he gets in there? I want two things. What was tougher about the NFL than you expected? What was easier about the NFL than you expected? Don't be bashful now. Come on, give us the truth. <laughs> um, uh, tough thing was – Probably the speed for me. Um, I mean, coming out, obviously, I didn't have a good 40, but uh, i say with the speed. And then I think the easiest thing was just, for me, it was picking up the offense. Uh, I studied it along, like, before I got to Jacksonville, I was just studying the whole playbook, and I kind of caught on to it pretty well. So I think those two were the main things. James, how much motivation did you take from the fact that you weren't drafted did, did, did that help give you the kick that you needed to go into camp and and impress the coaching staff the way you did um yeah uh I wouldn't say that motivated me it was just more of towards the end of the draft when I knew it probably wasn't going to happen I just I was just like just get me on the team and once I got on the team and once I got there it's just playing football and there's no time to sit back and relax at all and I had to open their eyes somehow, and that was my mindset just going in. Most impressive, freakiest guy you saw on a field this year in your match. You can't pick your own team, nobody on your – no, none of your buddies, but just the guy that you were sitting on the sideline or playing against where you just went, whoa, I had no idea this guy was like this. Um, I would say it was, probably, it was pretty cool watching um, – Aaron Rodgers play when we went to uh, Green Bay. That was pretty cool to see. I knew I liked you. Uh, we were, I knew we were <laughs> eye to eye on something there. See, yep, Aaron Rodgers, that was an easy one. Yep, I, I knew I liked this guy, Mike. He's smart. He knows football. 
<laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, See, he's not. he's like the he's the president of the Aaron Rodgers fan club. So, uh, yeah, he likes anybody that comes on the show and says they like Aaron Rodgers. Hey, how do you like Urban Meyer? Because you got a new coach. I don't know if you've spoken to him yet or what the buzz is around the 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 players. But what's your thought on the guy who's going to be taking over the team starting this year? Um, I've uh, talked with him a few times. Uh, he was he seems pretty cool. Uh, excited to get to work with all of us and um yeah i think all of us are just excited to have him and see what he brings uh for, to practice his games and all that see and see what he likes to do urban i mean it seems like trevor lawrence is coming to town can you feel the excitement in jacksonville or are people already starting to clamor about the clemson quarterback um i haven't really talked to anyone about that but um we're excited as whoever comes here to get to work with him hopefully they can help us out Do you uh do you talk much to Gardner Minshew about what's going on? Because he's the guy who was the guy. It's got to be awkward for him. It's got to be awkward for everybody because you develop an attachment to your teammate, and now they're going to bring in Trevor Lawrence by all appearances. What what's kind of the conversation? What's the buzz as it relates to Gardner's status with the team? Um, I mean, I haven't talked to him about that. Uh, he seems normal to me. Uh, we actually saw him yesterday and seemed pretty – he seemed fine to me. And we were talking about getting together and throwing around and stuff. So that's about it. Where's the – like the biggest adjustment James Robinson wants to make, like in the NFL, you know, as far as the running back position? What's the one thing you want to, you know, improve on this offseason for your own game? Um, For me, my big thing is uh, speed. So I'm going to be working on that a lot and just getting better at the things I'm already think I'm good at. Um, well, offensive rookie of the year. Justin Herbert has essentially been handed the award by people who pay attention to football, but you can make a strong argument that what you did undrafted on a team that won one game was more impressive than what Justin Herbert did. Are, are you kind of hoping you get some votes? Are you paying attention to that? Or you just accept the fact that ah, it's a quarterback award, it's a quarterback league, they're not going to give it to me? Um, Right now, I would say it's hard not to pay attention to it. But uh, I try to zone it out, too, as well. But um, I just – I know people are vo voting for me. Uh, my mom sits and votes. She was sitting and voting all the time when she has nothing to do. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is pretty cool just being on that list with those guys, and I can I can't control who who wins. So I mean, yeah, I don't really think about it that much. All right, last one. I'm gonna let you go here. I mean, we know like Derrick Henry's awesome, but like for James Robinson, who's 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 the running back you love watching in the NFL right now? Who's your favorite right now? Yeah, right now. I like to watch uh, Derrick Henry and. Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook play, and Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I thought you might say Dalvin Cook. You guys have a similar running style. I mean, Derrick Henry, I, I don't think you're going to grow another foot this offseason, so I don't know if you'll be able to run like him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, James, congratulations on your success, and we wish you all the best going forward. It's fun to watch you shine as a rookie, and we can't wait to see what you do in 2021. Uh, thanks for some of your time. We hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you for having me. Good luck, James. Kick butt, man. All right, there he is, James Robinson. We'll take a quick break. We got plenty more PFT Live still to come, just four days away from Super Bowl 55. Super Bowl, we'll right Super back. Bowl, Super Bowl. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If somebody asks me why he threw an interception, I'll tell him the truth. Uh, that is not calling him out. That's just answering a question honestly. Uh, I really don't know any other way. Uh, Tom and I have had a great relationship since day one, and it's just gotten better and better. And uh, he wants to be coached hard. Uh, just because of that, um, other people do things differently. Um, but he knew what he was getting into when he joined this one. The streak continues. It continues unbroken. Can we pull up the still frame? It's getting worse, not better. Well, he's got a Bruce red Aaron's hat and a red sweatshirt on. So it's a double whammy. <laughs> his, he is a chameleon. We need to check him for chameleon DNA. His face is the exact color of whatever he wears. And again, I don't know whether it happens once he puts it on or he just picks out his clothing based upon what color his face is that day because he had some purple last week and his face was purple. I don't get it, Chris. This is is causing me more consternation than any other issue in the NFL right now. How does Bruce Arians' face end up the same color as whatever he's wearing? Well, I mean, red and purple are, are almost the same when you're as burnt and in the sun as much as he is. So it, that, I think those are the two base <laughs> colors that he's working with. Man, it's hard. It's hard not to be red down there in that state. You know, what we heard the story the other day, right, about Gronk. And uh, Gronk was telling the story about you know, oh, he's in New England shape. He's not in Florida shape. That That's real. You, you, Florida, that heat, getting used to that sun, there is something to that, and it, it can be exhausting. Um, so he might be permanently red from, from here on out. Okay, so the idea to get to actually, you know, the substance of the comments instead of the, the fact that Bruce Arians is the same color as his hat and his sweatshirt, uh, the, the, this whole calling out Tom Brady – we saw it from week one when Brady had multiple interceptions against the Saints and Bruce Arians wasn't afraid to say so after the game and the next day, which throws were Brady's fault. And it was jarring to us because that's something that Bill Belichick never does publicly. Right. He'll rip you in the film room. Right. He's not going to rip you publicly. He was all about protecting his guys. And, and I look, I'm just being honest, is the ultimate passive-aggressive license to insult someone. You know, uh, yeah, whatever. like when you say to me, you look tired. Oh, you're, I'm just being honest. Yeah, you're also being a butthole. Yes. I mean, there, there is an element of overt insult in telling someone the truth. There's a whole Seinfeld episode devoted to telling someone the truth. I'm just telling you the truth. You're ugly. I, you know, I mean, it's, what do you do? How do you, so there's discretion, there's tact, there's diplomacy. And, uh, you know, Bruce Arians has never been that way. And it worked. That's the thing. We thought it would make Tom Brady upset. To Brady's credit, he didn't get his nose bent out of joint over it, Chris. He just dealt with it. No, definitely. Uh, I mean, it, you know, Brady didn't know what he was signing up for. I'm sure, you know, Bruce Arians is famous for his ability to relate to quarterbacks and be their buddies and just relate to players in general. His communication and the way he is there, that's that's what, oh, oh, some of the things you always hear about first with Bruce Arians, you know, and then, of course, his, his offensive genius and all that. So, you know, he's got a great way of, yeah, you know, telling you you did something bad and doing that, but getting his arm around you and doing that as well. And also within it, you know, I do think he showed, like, Hey, we're not just going to bow to Brady. It's not just we're we're a team and we're all getting better. And we're not just going to be like, "Oh, he didn't do good, so we're going to change the way we play just so he can do good even though the team might not actually benefit from that." And that's where I give him credit. And to me, that's where him and Leftwich were special this year to, as far as they never they kept pushing him. "Hey, you know, stand in the pocket, throw the deep balls down the field. And, and, you know, in New England, I felt like they always, they kind of wanted him to do that and were trying to force that. But then, 
they might have not been happy with the results and they were just like, oh, let's get back to all our short throws. He can do that and do it. And I think Tampa was like, we're out. We don't have any more short throws. This is it. This is not our offense. So here, you can have those few ones, but really you're going to have to change to us. And I think that Brady didn't have that wiggle room and the fact that they stayed steadfast on that really helped their team to get here where they are now. And ultimately what Bruce Arians does, because you know, you, the way you were explaining it, I, as you were saying it, I'm thinking, I don't believe Bruce Arians really engages in that level of analysis. He just is who he is. Yeah. I think that's the right way to say it. It's not I'm just being honest. It's I'm being authentic. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. I will tell you if you screw up. That's how I'm going to coach you. I'm not going to mince words publicly. If you make a mistake, you're going to hear about it through a press conference. And, hey, don't make the mistake and you won't hear about it. But he's always been true to himself. And that is admirable in and of itself. There are too many people in this world who aren't true to who they are. And Bruce Arians has had a fantastic journey. People always say, what do you root for? I root for a great story. And Bruce Arians is a great story. They did a football life on him. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Go watch it. Not right now, though. Keep watching us. You can watch watch it later. Um, But, you know, a, a guy who became a coach, head coach, after he was retired by the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers fired him but called it a retirement. He lands in Indianapolis with Chuck Pagano after he was involuntarily retired by the Steelers, becomes coach of the year that season because Pagano missed a lot of time as he fought leukemia, and then Arians gets his reward. He becomes coach of the Cardinals. He's there five years. Retires again, doesn't like it. This time he did retire, didn't like TV, wanted to coach again, and look what he's fallen into. It's incredible. You know, this is a guy who was done twice, once because he wanted to be and once because he didn't want to be, and now he's stepped into a Super Bowl team. It's incredible. It's an, it's an incredible capper on a great coaching story. Chris. It is. It, it's, it's like hard not to root for him. You almost feel like a little bit like Andy Reid last year where you just go and, man, I want to root for him because of all the great things he's done, the way he treats people. It's just all top notch, and that's the same thing with Bruce Arians. That's why they are easy to root for, for that, from, for that aspect. And he does deserve a lot of credit. You know, he really does. I mean, not easy to, to mold this many personalities, make the move they made from Jameis Winston to Tom Brady, you know, having to deal and, and you know, bridge that gap and all of those things. Uh, just a, a phenomenal job, really. The staff he acquired there, really good. You know, him... Jason Light, who we probably haven't talked about as a really quality, awesome GM and the team he's built here and giving him enough credit. You know, there's a lot, a lot of good to talk about there in Tampa, but very happy that Bruce Arians is getting his due justice here. I wrote something about Light over the weekend. It dawned on me, wait a minute, he's the one that put together this team that was sufficiently attractive to Tom Brady. Yeah. When you look at the receivers that he's drafted, when you look at the defense They've put together, Definitely. you know, Levante David is one of the few guys that Jason Light inherited in right. 2014. And you can say, <laughs> well, yeah, he, you know, he drafted Jameis Winston. Well, it's not like Marcus Mariota became Peyton Manning and, and they, they weren't, uh, you know, adamant about sticking with Jameis Winston. If Bruce Arians doesn't want him, Light's going to move on from him. And, you know, the Roberto Aguayo thing. Oh, that's a black mark on the resume. Well, every GM's got a black mark on his resume. Look at the team that they have right now right the skill position players they have right now the willingness to go for it Antonio Brown's available right the Packers maybe made a phone call the Buccaneers went for it Leonard Fournette's available right the Buccaneers went for it right and I know that that isn't the ideal way to build a team that's going to contend for 10 years but you can build a team that's going to contend for 10 years and never get to a Super Bowl or you can go for it and get to a Super Bowl and that's what Jason Light has done, and uh, you know, if you convince Brady to stick around for a few more years, they're going to be in the conversation. I think for as long as Brady's there, Chris, no, no doubt. I mean, they, they've built. It's you know, we we talked about it all year. Again, you know, I'm not trying to pat each other on the back here, but it's it is one of the most talented teams in football. It it is really impressive. I watched Cam Jordan last night on TV go. Oh, they put up the weapons of the Chiefs and the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because he played both teams this year. And he went, no, I think the Bucks have better weapons than the Chiefs. So that just says a lot, let alone 
Oh, Sue. Oh, Vita v Vita Vea, excuse me. JPP free agent signing. Oh, Shaquille Barrett value free agent signing. What? He leads the NFL in sacks his first year there? The Donovan Smith draft pick. Tristan Wirfs, people weren't sure about him at the tackle position. Killed it. Was probably the best rookie tackle in the draft from last year as far as how he played. So Jason Light, I got a lot of respect for him. I really do. I worked with him a little in New England. Uh, I'm not shocked to see him here where he is now. He doesn't. I don't think he likes me anymore because when I used to do the draft live at Bleacher Report, uh, when he drafted Robert Aguayo in the second round, I gave it a, a K for my grade. Um, it was worse than an F. I gave it a K for kicker because I don't grade kickers, and I feel like he hasn't talked to me since, but uh, I don't care. Still, awesome job by him. Well, Maybe you've redeemed yourself today by <laughs> giving him some Maybe. praise, some real authentic <laughs> praise, not phony, not fake at all. And that's that's what we have in common with Bruce Arians, because I think back over the year, we've called Bruce out for calling out Tom Brady. Right. I don't think he'd have a problem with it. I don't think he has a problem with people being who they are, because that's who he's been and everyone. Just right. be who you are. Okay, time for us to get to our draft for today. The biggest legacy boost from a Super Bowl win. Who would get it? That's our draft. Chris, you get the first pick if you get the trivia question right. The Buccaneers haven't won a home playoff game since the 2002 divisional round. Who did they beat in that game? I mean, really? The year before I got there, you don't, you guys don't think I'm going to know that. You know how many cut-ups I watched from that game to learn the offense? The San Francisco 49ers and Jeff Garcia came to town. The Buccaneers handled them. Then they went on to Philadelphia. My man, Rondé Barber, got that pick six at the end to close that out to go to the Super Bowl. You can't mess with me in that stuff. Come on, Pete. What are you doing? Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Pete. All right. Um, you all get right. the first pick. This is actually kind of tough. It really is because there's some legit, you know, legacies. I, I, I think the guy we just talked about, I got to go with him number one. I think it's the, it's the most important for Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians' legacy. You know, again, he's never been to the Super Bowl, so that just bolstered his legacy. Now, hey, I'm here. You win the Super Bowl against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and do it with, you know, Tom Brady at quarterback and all those things. I got to think that he gets the biggest boost from a Super Bowl win this weekend. See, I'm surprised, and, and maybe you were just influenced by the fact that we just were talking about it, but it's got to be Tom Brady. What have you been saying ever since he got to six? He wants to get to seven. Sure. Why? Because seven is one more than Michael Jordan. And you've predicted if he gets to seven, he walks away. I frankly doesn't think seem he's like that's happening. Away. No, he's not walking. I think he's going to play until he's fifty at this point. The way he's going, and uh, so he's going to stretch that rubber band as far as he can. But number seven for him, that to me, would be the biggest boost because now you're already starting to hear people raise the question of whether he's the greatest athlete of all time, which I am not ready to sign on for, but you get to seven championships and you get to a Super Bowl with a second team at age 43, you start taking a look at it and you say, he's the best something. I don't know that it's athlete. Is it best competitor? Is it sure. best? I don't know. Yeah. But he's the be he's the best at something if he gets to number seven. Yeah, he's amazing. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Best athlete ever? Absolutely not. That is look ludicrous. I mean, ludicrous, insane. But just the fact that people are starting to say it I tells know. you the stratosphere he's approaching. I, I get it, but it, it's you know again the stratosphere we're talking about with this guy is so much team related. I just can't take it anymore. To the point where I'm gonna, I, I feel like I have to root for the Chiefs because I'm just sick of the nonsense talk all the time. No, I mean, you have to root for the Chiefs because your son won't let you root. Well, for I'm just like, it's Chiefs. just everything. It's the defense makes a play now, and I turn the TV on, and people are like, "It was Brady. He willed them from the bench. That's why the guy made the sack. He was willed. Brady was thinking sack the guy, no. and then the wait, guy sacked wait. him. And I just, I'm wait, so sick wait. of hearing it. I just can't take it. I've I've watched all of the playoff games. I don't recall anyone actually saying that. No, I'm talking about the, just talking heads Afterward. during the week on the show. It's a, he gets a, he willed the defense to make the stop inside the, the 10-yard line. Like, get the hell out of here with that crap. Get the hell out of here. He's awesome. He's the most accomplished ever. 
He's not even the most talented quarterback ever, let alone the greatest athlete ever? That's insane. Okay, move on. And I disagree with your pick. His legacy is already the best legacy in the history of football. He can't improve it. So horrible pick by you. Here we go. better with seven. I'm going to Patrick Mahomes as my next one, though. I am. Because when you become a quarterback that wins two Super Bowls, it does knock you into another stratosphere. And I think with a legacy to add to where – Okay, it's you know two Super Bowls in a row. The the season before that was an AFC Championship game where his team they had Brady and the Patriots on the ropes, and of course, if D Ford just doesn't line up offsides, they're going to win the game. But then I think what adds to this is you beat Brady in the Super Bowl and in his home field and all of those type of things too. I just think increases the Mahomes legacy to go now. Oh wait. Maybe he can chase down a Brady to be the most accomplished ever and do those type of things. This is a two-game swing. Yeah. It's either going to be seven and one or six and two. He's going to be six back or four back based upon this game. I got to go with Andy Reid for my next one. I mean, yeah, last year was the arrival of a guy who's been in coaching for 20 years and he finally got his due. You get to number two, it's a different vibe. And you got number three coming potentially and maybe number four and maybe number five. And then all of a sudden, maybe you're up there with Bill Belichick. So I I think that it's not just because of what it means to have two. It's the next step toward three, four, and five. That's why it's so big for Andy Reid. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm with you. I was torn between him and Mahomes. But again, like the list is short, right, for two-time Super Bowl head coaching champions. I mean, that that's a pretty primed list right there. And then, of course, you know, the third appearance altogether, all that. I, I'm with you. I, I can get behind that. This one's where I'm, I'm, I'm a little, you know, in between here. I don't know where it's to go. It's harder now. Right. It's it is harder. harder now, doesn't it? Well, because I think of like Tyreek Hill. He had 100 yards last year receiving, you know, with the way they play. You think he could do that in this game and, you know, now add to his overall Super Bowl stats and lure and everything like that. I think I'm going to go with Steve Spagnuolo, though. I think I am going to do that. I think there's something to be gained here. I know he's made a comment here in the last day or two about he'd like a chance to be a head coach once again. You know, that didn't go great for him the first time around. But what whoa, did, whoa, whoa. It was a disaster, disaster the first time around. It was a disaster. A, a complete and total disaster to the point where they could shut the Bucks out on Sunday, and I don't think that phone's ringing. Well, Go no, ahead. it's I'm not ringing this year, certainly not. But I do think it does something to his legacy as far as, I don't great defensive minds of all time, clutch coordinators of all time. You know, this could be the second time he could go, I beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, and he was their offenses were damn good both times I we beat him. So between that and then, of course, you know, what they did to Shanahan and that offense last year, I think that could be a pretty big uh, boost for him. I'm looking for a guy on both rosters, and I'm scanning them with part of my brain while I say this. A guy whose Hall of Fame case benefits the most from a Super Bowl win. Because we know that a Super Bowl win is going to matter. And when you consider all the baggage, because it's easy to forget what he did from 2011 to 2018. Whoa, whoa. I know where you're about to go. Here we go. You you give Antonio Brown a Super Bowl ring, and uh, and and also assuming he continues with the Buccaneers and they want him and he should want them, he's stayed out of trouble ever since he's gotten there. Having that Super Bowl ring gives him a different vibe when it's time to start picking out the Hall of Fame receivers of the past twenty years. So I think it helps him more than it helps any of the other players from the standpoint of what that ring means to the possibility of getting a bronze bust. That would be interesting to know if it does give him a boost that way. I mean, you're right. I mean, really, he's a Hall of Fame player. We know that. But is it, you know, is it been skewed by all the off-the-field stuff or ever? Shouldn't know? be. Shouldn't I know. Be. Shouldn't I know. Be. Not supposed to, no. right? O.J. Simpson's still in there. Of course, his stuff came later. But plenty of guys are in there Definitely. who had – off-field issues that were well-known, and they still got in. I think it will do more justice to the ring, especially if he comes back next year and then is a, a contributor to the football team. Then it kind of shows, like, hey, he was part of the fabric of that Super Bowl team and all of that. But if it's just like, hey, he was on that team and he didn't even play in the playoffs and doesn't play in the Super Bowl, I don't know if you get quite the credit. That, that's what's going to uh, be interesting about it. 
He's got to play in the game. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. But okay. look at what's going to happen next year. Chris Godwin's going to leave as a free agent. Right. They're not going to be able to keep him. They're not going to be able to justify it. So it's going to be Evans and Brown as the starters right. next year. With Scotty, Scotty Miller. Miller. With Tyler Johnson. Yeah, they're right? still going to be great. With, uh, and, and they're going to they're be great. And, yeah. and Brown's going to get wire to wire all season long, assuming that, that uh, the Buccaneers keep him and he wants to stay. But I think that's exactly what is going to happen. All right. Uh, that was a fun draft. The first two rounds were very easy. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, crap. What are we going to do in round three? But I, I like our picks uh, from both uh, sides. All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. All right, we've got plenty of great guests still to come this week. And I'll peel back the curtain a little bit because... You know, even though we don't work, we still work. We're going to take a little bit of time to have some breakfast. They're going to reconvene in about a half hour, and we're going to tape an interview with Devontae Smith. Oh, he's the Heisman Trophy winner at 215 receiving yards and three touchdowns in the first half of the national championship game. And then we're going to take another brief break, and then we've got – Chris, you got to be ready for this. This is the marathon. I think we need, like, we need, to, we need like fruit and, and hydration for this 10 o'clock hour. It goes Justin Jefferson – Christian McCaffrey, Sean Payton, Chase Young. Bang, bang, wow. bang, bang, one after another. I love it. I'm ready. I'm in shape and ready to go. You, I'm a little worried about. I don't know if you have the stamina to get I through look tired. that. I tired. So, yeah, you're, I we'll tired. see. We'll see. You're just being honest. <laughs> I'm just being honest. That's right. Uh, but, no, I'm excited. I mean, when you have a list like that, I mean, that that's pretty strong NFL caliber football players, coaches. Uh, we're going to have fun, certainly. Well, and, and this is so different from the normal year where we would welcome these guys onto the set. And it is fun when we're together and it's easier to for us to ask questions. I mean, I don't want to go too far into the technical stuff. Pete's doing a great job. And Matt Casey the other day is telling us when to talk and when to go because when we're not in the same place, you don't want to be stepping over each other. But there is a different energy when everyone is together, and I do miss Definitely. that. But it still is yeah. fun to have access to all these guys this week. And it just shows how easy it is. I mean, I'm thinking we could have 10 guests a week all year long if we really wanted to. I don't know that they want to talk to us, but it'd be fun to talk to them. I'm sure we can find somebody, but I'm always up for that. I mean, you know, old school legends, current players, whatever it is, it's always good to talk football. We're going to find a witness who saw the football go into find the that person. Miss that will happen. <laughs> Everybody, enjoy your day. See you See tomorrow. Ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.